0: Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. Go with me to Exodus chapter 20 this morning. We're continuing our relationship series. Relationship series. We are on uh, number six of the Ten Commandments. And I've said all series long, to uh, not hear the Ten Commandments in the, in the form of rules or a list of do's and don'ts, I really believe strongly that these are principles to help us in our relationship with God. Every time a word is preached and we look to God's word, it, it's, it's to help us in our relationship with God. If we've, if we've been born again, if we've been saved any amount of time, we, we want to, to be helped in our relationship with God in helping us follow Jesus. And so that's really what the Ten Commandments are are they are it's a list of not do's and don'ts and regulations but a a list of commandments that will help us in our relationship with god well verse number 13 of exodus chapter 20 says you shall not murder you shall not murder and the king james version actually says you shall not kill but that translation of the word kill is is really better translated murder And murder is the unauthorized or unlawful taking of human life. When someone takes another life without authorization or without legal cause. And in the Old Testament, God actually prescribed the the death penalty for violating this command. And actually before the law was ever given. In, In Exodus, we know from Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, that God says, "...whoever sheds man's blood by his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man." So this is not a, 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 a word that means to kill in the self of self-defense. Uh, in that case, uh, we, we wouldn't have police officers, we wouldn't have a military, We would. But, but thank God for all those that have served in those roles that have kept this country safe and, and kept us safe enough to be able to meet here this morning. And so this word murder is, is a premeditated, it's a, it's a violation of a law without authorization, and so, uh, in a message like this, you, you would probably think, well, whew, I'm safe. Pastor, we could pray right now and go home. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to murder someone. But how many of you know that pastor's never done in just about 30 seconds, right? That's just not how church works, but now, the, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we, we see something that's very clear called grace. We see it in the Old Testament as well, but, but the New Testament as well, grace. Well, grace, we may think, whew, we, we get a pass. But grace actually takes it to the next level. Jesus says if you, someone offends you, how many times should we forgive them? Seven? Seventy times seven. So 490 times, I'm keeping count. No, he just says keep forgiving them. So grace takes it to the next level. Watch this. The Bible translates the Bible. So we're going to look at the scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament this morning and give a lot of scripture to cover this idea of you shall not murder. In the New Testament, you shall not murder. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. And again, you, if you're... If you're f- trying to follow along or if you'd like to follow along, the Version Bible app, if you'll download that or if you'll look on YouVersion Bible app, if you need help finding where, where, to, where to click each week, let me know and I'll help you navigate that. But the Version Bible app, click on live events and you can follow the notes when you, when you click on TFA Church, all right? Every week that's available. But 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 through 15 say this, We know that we have passed from death to life, talking to the believer, talking to the Christian. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. We love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Now watch this. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a what? Murderer. Is a murderer. Thou shalt not murder. Anyone who hates is Brother or sister is a murderer, and this this word for murderer is the same word that Jesus uses in John chapter 8, verse 44, when he speaks about the devil being a murderer from the beginning. So it's clear. If you hate your brother or sister, you are a murderer, and no murderer has eternal life residing in him. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, the half-brother Jesus, he's saying, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You you desire, but you do not have. So you kill. It it uses the word kill in the New King James in, in this version, but you look up that word and it means premeditated murder. It's a murderous, scandalous thing. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight, you do not have, because you do not ask God. You desire, but you do not have so, you kill." He, and James is writing to believers. He says, "You don't have what you want, so you kill. You, you murder. And Matthew chapter five, verses 21 through 22 and 23, Jesus takes it even a step further. He says, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. He's quoting right from the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka is a- answerable to the court. And anyone who says fool will be in danger of the fire of of hell wow he takes it to another level talking about anger and and this word raka it's a, an, a it's a contemptible word in, in court that was used in the day and it it really means a uh, an empty-headed fool is how it can be translated and jesus is saying you're in judgment of of saying that and, and, and in in danger of of eternal fires of hell if you if you say that you're contemptible in court and say pastor I thought you said you were trying to help me in my relationship with God. Listen, this, is, this hits us where we all live this morning. He's, uh, he's using words like murder, evil desires, hate, anger. All words here that lead to murder in this study. And Paul says in Romans chapter 13, the commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, which we're going to that one next week in the seventh commandment, committing adultery, but this week is is murder. He says, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. This one command, they're all summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I want to talk to you this morning about the principle of life. The principle of life and and, and the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We have here this morning words like death, murder, hate, anger. The answer then is life. And we know we receive life by meeting Jesus and by walking in love. We'll get to that in just a few moments. But this morning I want to talk to you, of answer this question, what are the ingredients, the ingredients of a murder? Pastor, I thought we were in church this morning. But I want to talk to you about, you know, you, you watch the news, and, and if you watch the news this week about the trial out in South Carolina, and you tried to follow the details of this particular murder, you, 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 sh- you shake your head and, sh- and maybe pull your hair out, and you, th- you think, how could this happen? How can someone, uh, you know, take the life of their, their wife and their, their son and, 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 and try to get away with it and then lie? And, and I'm not saying innocent or guilty, but how could, how could someone do that? Well, what are the ingredients of a murder? Number one, an offense. an offense leads to anger. An offense leads to anger. This is the beginning, an offense. We get offended about something, and then... We get upset. Anybody ever been offended? Am I offending you right now? I, I'm, I'm going to stand. Up, I'm going to stand over there. <laughs> you remember the first murder in the Bible? Cain killed Abel. Cain is offering this gift that he thought was okay. Abel Abel offered the first fruits of his flock. To the Lord, and we talked about that a few weeks ago, the first fruits. And, but, but Cain brought a, a, an offering from the, from the ground, and, and, and the Lord said that didn't cost you anything, maybe. And, and, and Cain was upset with Abel, and we'll read that scripture later, but he says, No, uh, I, I like Abel's sacrifice. And, and Cain therefore then killed his brother. He murdered his brother. Watch this Mark chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, Jesus. And many who heard him were amazed. Some some were amazed at his teaching. They were just blown away that Jesus is such an amazing teacher. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us as well? And they took offense at him they took offense at him the things that he was saying some were excited some were not and, and they took offense at him the things that Jesus was teaching to piggyback off that story in Luke chapter 4 Jesus was hold, holding the scroll and he's saying this is Isaiah's scroll and I'm here to I, the Lord's anointing me to preach you know freedom of cap freedom to those who are bound and change and to the release the oppressed and to uh, to heal the brokenhearted, and he's saying, the Lord has touched me to do this right now in your setting, and in church, he's talking about, and in the synagogue. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 4. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and they tried to take him to the edge of the city, edge of the town, to throw him over the cliff. They're offended at him. They're taking Jesus bringing him to the edge of the cliff to throw him over the edge of the cliff, and, and somehow he escaped. I, I, I want to hear the rest of that story one day when we get to heaven. That Jesus, how did you get away from those guys on the edge of the cliff? I've seen cliffs. I've seen those. We used to go uh, cliff diving in, in, uh, in Arkansas, in Hebrew Springs, Arkansas, growing up. It wasn't too far from Memphis. and We'd look over the cliff, and we'd, we'd jump off the cliffs and go dive. And, and how, did you get, how did you get away from that? Because if you're on the edge of the cliff, you don't have very far to go to escape. Jesus just probably went and moved everybody out of the way, you know, just you know, the, he's going to he's going to thwart his enemies. The Bible says with the breath of his mouth, he's just going to he's going to look at his you know, just it'll be over with. So, he gets away, they're, they're filled with wrath. They're filled with wrath is the point. And an offense leads to anger. Now watch this story. Luke chapter 7. Verses 18 and 19. Watch what it says. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things, all the miracles that were taking place. They come to John, but John was in prison. And we know that John was in prison probably at least a little bit under two years because of the way the Passovers fell. So John was in prison for a while. Watch this. Concerning all these things, John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus saying, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you Jesus or, or do, do we look for another? John the Baptist, the most humble man on the face of the earth. And he's going through a tough time. He's, he's going through a dark season in this prison. And, he, and G- John the Baptist is the one that, that saw Jesus coming when he was baptizing, remember? And John the Baptist said, look, he's the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. I, I'm not even worthy to unloose his sandals. Uh, and, and that you're going to see him come. He's going to come with the Holy Spirit and with fire. G- John the Baptist, he's the one sending his disciples now. Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? See, don't doubt in the dark what God showed you in the light. Don't let what you do know about God disrupt what you don't know about God. Or what, what you don't know about God Disrupt what you do know about God. I said that in reverse. So take what you know about God and trust him all the way through. But they say, are you the one to come or do we look for another? Verse 21, in that very hour, he cured many of their infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind, he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, verse 22, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard that the blind see. So Jesus is saying, this this is what you need to tell him. This is what you need to tell him. Go tell them the things that you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not what? Offended. Offended because of me. What's so easy to get offended? John's in a dark place. He probably had every right to be offended. but, But when we pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we're dead men. And and, and women, we're we're dead to to the things of this world and we have no rights any longer. We don't have rights to be offended, right? And we we give our life to Jesus and we're no longer living in offense. And Proverbs chapter 18 verse 19 says, An offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city. An offended brother is more unyielded than a fortified city. Proverbs 18 verse 19 and you, you know, you read scriptures in the New Testament, like Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 through 13, that says that in the end times, Jesus is speaking. He says, They'll be handed over to synagogues, and they'll, you'll be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith. Many at that time will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because of the increase in wickedness and the love of most will what? Wax cold. It will grow cold. Because of the increase in wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And I've often thought, how, how is this going to be possible? That the love of many will grow cold and they 'll turn away from following Jesus, the one who saved them, the one who changed them, the one whose life they've, they've has been completely different. I believe in part they 're going to turn away because they 're offended they 're offended they 're offended at something and something offended them and they, they walked away and, and and there are real things in this world and in, in people 's lives where, where we get offended and and, uh, you know, we, we can't park there. We can't just stay there in our offense. You know, I, when we first moved into our house in our neighborhood, there's an association. And it's just a small fee every year you pay to have the yard mowed around the, the pond. And, and uh, you know, you, 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 unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize, but, but I was parking my boat in the side yard and I didn't realize I couldn't do that. And they sent me a citation. And I was like, what? $50? You know, can't parking inside, you have to park it either behind your fence or behind your house where it can't be seen from the road. And I got offended. Who do these people think they are? I'm, I'm moving out of this neighborhood. I'm selling my house. I'm getting out of here. Offended. Just pay the fine. and Or you can call. You have not because you asked. Not. You can pick up the phone and call. Hey, if I move my boat, will you all give me some grace? Well, I was... I was delivering newspapers one night. I've shared this story before, but I was delivering newspapers one night in Kansas City, Missouri years ago when I was working at night and then coming and preaching every, you know, working every single night at one o'clock in the morning all the way to about seven o'clock in the morning. And on Sundays I'd get in and we'd get changed and get ready and go to church, you know. But uh, I, was, I was leaving my house, still kind of in my neighborhood, in my neck of the woods. I had to drive up to Kansas City, but I, I was in a place called Peculiar, Missouri. Peculiar, it was Peculiar. I was in Peculiar, I was coming up and every night, I mean, I make lefts and rights on, the, on my route, but I wasn't on my route then, but on my route, I'm making lefts and rights probably 350 times that every night, every night without a blinker because there's nobody on the road. I get up to the first stop sign. I'm in Peculiar, though, and I just go left. And all of a sudden, whoo, 1.30 in the morning. So... And we ought to respect our police officers. I had no right to say anything. So you see the train coming, can't you? He, he comes to my window and I said, Sir, do I need to use my blinker if I'm the only one on the road? I wish I could say I was, a lot, I was in my teens when I, said, when I asked that question. When, or I was in my early 20s or something. You know. But I was in my mid-30s. And so... And, uh, I was just so offended that he pulled me off. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hitting us all where we live today because we're going to all get on that road and drive in a little while. And we may get one of these behind us. Or something, in some way where someone offends us. Or where we, and I deserved it, by the way. I went and stood before the judge and paid my fine. And, 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 and I went through that whole process. I, I didn't use my blinker. And he was right. But I held on to that offense. And just it would eat at me. The officer's name is Officer Reinhardt. <laughs> Reinhardt, I gotta let it go. Pat, can I just confess right now? Let me just—I con- just—I had to let that go and say, you know what? I was wrong. He was right. Pay my fifty-dollar fine or seventy-five dollars, whatever it was, and don't say anything when you're stopped. Don't do anything. Just. Just go through the process and pray, Jesus, just help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, and, you know, and do, do your best. But an offense, an offense leads to anger. Don't park there. Don't park in your offense. You know, we have something in South Louisiana called stews. I love a good stew. Turn that on, and you cook it, and you, whew, chicken stew over rice, and my mother-in-law used to make the best chicken stews. Turn off the stew. Turn off the stew. Turn it off and don't park there. Secondly, not only does, does an offense lead to anger, but anger, anger, leads to hate. Anger leads to hate. If you hold on to that anger, now I'm talking about unresolved offense, unresolved anger and unresolved understand that, but anger leads to hate. These are the ingredients of a murder. But look look Genesis chapter 4 verses 3 through 8. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first firstborn of his flock of their fat and the Lord respected Abel's and his offering but he did not respect Cain and his offering and Cain uh oh here it is was very angry. There it is. He was very angry and his countenance fell. He's mad. He's mad. You know, the Lord saves our soul when we get saved. But the Lord also needs to save our face, right? We need... Not that we're always going to smile, but, but his countenance fell because he was very angry. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his Abel. His, Abel, his brother, and killed him somewhere along the, the line. It doesn't say he hated him, but it's somewhere along the line, I'm going this way, it's this way for you, somewhere anger, hate, murder. It, it, it was, he, he got offended, he got mad, he hated him, and he, and he murdered. That, that's the ingredient right there, and, and, and we know it's the first murder in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 27 says that, therefore, each one of you, therefore, meaning since we're, we've, trusted Christ. We've put our faith and trust in Jesus and what He's done on the cross. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. Verse 26, in your anger, in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Oh boy, that's it, that's that's big. In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a a foothold. A foothold. Don't give them a foothold. What does that mean? Right? right. A foothold. It's the, the Greek actually, it's topos, T-O-P-O-S, and it's the word we use to, for topography. It's, it's don't give the devil a place. Don't give him a place. Don't give him, don't give him ground. Don't give him any ground, any area around you through anger. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil If you give him a room, he will set up a resort, okay? If you give him a room, he's going to set up a resort. He'll go farther than we thought he was going to go. Sin will take us farther than we wanted to go, cost us more than we wanted to pay, and, and, and keep us there longer than we wanted to stay. Turn off the stew this morning. Turn off the stew, and in our anger, we, we, we let that go upon Jesus. And I know that's a process many times. It's a process of healing, of the Lord bringing us comfort, and, and as we turn that anger off. But he says, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil a room, a room at all. You know, when we were getting ready to have the, the uh, Olivia, our first firstborn, we, we, I was oblivious. I said, okay, we're going to get a baby's room ready, okay. Taylor and Garrett are here this morning, have the baby, and oh yeah, and so he, they're getting that baby, they got the baby's room ready, and they were telling us all about it, and getting this room ready, and and it wasn't before long when, parents, you know, when you have your firstborn, and, and, in, and then the secondborn, it wasn't before long that she didn't just get a room. They didn't just get a room, they took over the whole house. <laughs> like their, all their stuff was everywhere, like, oh, we got to do this every day, and then pick up, and then and then, oh, do it again the next day. We, when, I remember when Bryce was born, we called him the one-man wrecking crew, you know, just, just, uh, just everything was picked up, and then, wow, it's all everywhere now, and that's, that's what anger does. Anger, anger affects things around us. It makes us bitter, it gives us uh, uh, we think in our minds a reason out and a reason to complain and a reason to be upset with someone else, but because we were offended and it was unresolved and then, then it turned into anger and that anger has not been resolved, and, then there becomes a, a smell in the room almost, a, 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 a culture, a context wherever you go that if you've not turned that stew off, if you've, if you've not dealt with that, that it, it, it affects people around you. and. And and it, and it it could affect the family, and it can affect those that that love you the most. So, thou shalt not murder. What what is what are you talking about, Pastor? It's this it's this anger. It's this anger, in places where there's been mistreatment or abuse. Anger anger can be highly infectious, and 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 anger we know ultimately could as well lead to things like depression and and despair and. And because you're, you're, you're so angry, you, you can't do something about it, and, and it leads ultimately to depression as well. And so, undealt with anger, and, and, and certainly pray and seek the Lord and give the Lord that and, and, and treatment and counseling and, and healing to, to help with all of the, the anger areas in our lives. So, offense leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate, you just, you hate this person, you Hate, number three, leads to murder. Genesis chapter 37. Watch this. This is just one example in the Scripture. Genesis 37, verses 4 through 5. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers. Talking about Joseph. Joseph was loved by his father more than the brothers. How does this all work out in offense and anger? Well, it, it could work in some families like this. That uh, Jacob loved Joseph so much that the brothers hated Joseph. When the brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. They hated him even more. Like you hate somebody, then you hate him even more. The devil's never done. You just Get all the hate out and it, it, hates, it just leads to even more hate, right? And so they hate him even more. Verse 18 of Genesis chapter 37, the brothers are conspiring together. They say, it says this, Now when they saw him afar off, Joseph, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to what? Kill him. Kill him. They're mad. They're upset. They're angry. Now they hate their brother because of this coat of many colors that was given by Jacob to Joseph. And Joseph had also shared a dream that he had. And so they were like, you know, our little brother is puffed up with pride. Somebody's going to have to bring him down. But it wasn't just something like like that. Like, you know, I I used to play basketball a lot growing up. And and out on the court, you'd always have somebody that would try to school you. You know, like they always thought they were better than you. All right, give me some time. Give me some time. I'm going to show show them how to play. Right? It wasn't like that. It wasn't just, I'm going to school this guy. It was, we're going to kill this guy. We're going to kill Joseph. They saw him afar off. They saw him coming. They conspired to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Verse 20, Come therefore, let us now kill him. Come, let us now kill him. And cast him into some pit. And we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what we will become of his dreams. Anger, hate, murder. We know Reuben stepped in, right? Reuben stepped in and, and said, hey, don't, don't do this, don't do this. So they, I guess when Reuben was gone, he, one of the brothers was named Reuben and Reuben was gone and they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to throw him in this pit and then, and then we're going uh, to sell him off, we're going to sell him off. And then Reuben didn't know about it, you know, and he said, hey, where's, where's Joseph when he came back because he was going to try to rescue him. But this hate leads to this plan to try and kill Joseph. If anyone hates his neighbor, lies in wait for him, Deuteronomy nineteen eleven, and rises against him and strikes him mortally so that he dies, and he flees to one of these cities. You know, that's speaking about uh, premeditated murder and the judgment that awaits, the Old Testament speaking of cities, of refuge, of maybe those that didn't intentionally uh, mean for someone to die, and but then certainly those places of judgment for when someone died because of premeditation and because of murder. You know, I've been giving you these ingredients, anger, hate, rage, which leads to murder. Let me, let me give you one ingredient, one ingredient that leads to, to life. One ingredient that leads to life we should have some sound effects for this one. Dum, dum 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 dum. Not jaws, by the way. A heartbeat. A heartbeat. Doctors detect that heartbeat. In that in the baby on the ultrasound that or the maybe the little microphone they're using to put up against that, you hear the heartbeat of that baby, and the last thing to go is the, the heartbeat when someone passes. We understand that, but the ingredient to life is a, is a heartbeat. What are you talking about, Pastor? The heartbeat of Jesus. Watch what he says. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You've heard it said. You've heard it said. You've heard that it was said this way. Matthew 5, 43. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The commandments, you don't commit adultery, don't, don't murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, whatever command there may be, are summed up in this one command love your neighbor as yourself. The, the heartbeat of God is, is his loving heart to his people, his creation, and those who are born again, his children, to love one another. This is how the world will know that we are his disciples if we love one another. If we, you know, we may be offended, we may get angry. We may, our attitude may shift, and things may change, and we may walk through pain. And I thought this one was going to be nice to me today, but they, were, they seemed upset for, for some reason. But something didn't go right, but, you know, we get offended. But Jesus says, put it all on the table. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. What are you talking about, Pastor? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Releasing those that have offended you, releasing yourself from from bondage, from prison in, in this area, in this element. And Pastor, you're making it sound like it's just a quick decision. No, that, that, that can be a process. You can pray today and release that, of, of course, but it may have been that someone offended you deeply and abuse or or pain of some sort and 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 that that pain is there and you've not gotten over that anger and that every time you think of this person anger surfaces again and then hate surfaces again and and all these things but but jesus says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you offense anger hate forgiveness can all just be Released when we forgive, and we say, "You know what? I'm going to stand up for life. I, I'm I'm I, I am not in the in the process of having those things affect my spirit any longer. I'm in the, I'm I'm all for life, and I I uh, I can't let that get on me. Can I give you kind of a thesis this morning of where we're going? Is don't let anything disturb your spirit. Church life, home life, work life. Is that difficult? Yeah. Why? Because of something called the flesh. If I could kick the person most responsible for all my problems, I couldn't sit down for a whole month, right? <laughs> Mark Twain said that, not me, but we get in the way. Our agendas, our plans, husbands and wives, they, 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 they dispute and they, 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 they wrestle with different ideas, and then one gets offended, and one doesn't let it go, or one lets it go, and the other doesn't let it go, and there's this anger, and, and uh, Sister Dinah Plesselaw, in our wedding video, said it the best. She said, Stephanie, don't ever go to bed mad at your husband, and then Brother Randy, the camera went over to Brother Randy Plesselaw, and, and Brother Randy said, and Danny, that's some good advice for you, too. Don't ever go to bed mad at your wife. Anger, don't, just let that offense forgiveness and what you do is you release one another and you say you know what you blew it I blew it I might be good but I'm not off that good I'm sorry boy that was hard to even say it up here and I'm not I'm not I'm sorry yeah that's that's a hard thing to say I'm sorry let's just all say it I'm sorry no don't you know you don't have to say that but maybe there's you're sorry you said you're sorry oh my we, uh, you, you may have someone that you need to go to and say, you know what, I, I'm sorry, would you please forgive me? Jesus says if you're there at the altar and you're leaving your gift at the altar and you know that someone has offense towards you, right? Someone has something against you, leave your gift on the altar and go be reconciled first to your brother. Go try to make it right first. What if, what if they don't allow me to make it right? Well, everything on your part, on your end, try to make that right. And if they won't release you, That's on them. Don't don't let it be known. That's on you now. No. Just go to them. Try to forgive them. Say, I I apologize. I humble myself. I blew it. Would you forgive me? If they don't forgive you, walk away lovingly and and, and try try to move on from that. And then even revisit that at a later time. Maybe they need healing on their own. I want to, in closing, read a scripture to you from Luke chapter 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Behold, a woman in the house who's, who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster, flack, flask of flagrant oil, fragrant oil, and st- stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had "...invited him, saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, "'This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is "'who is touching him, for she is a sinner.' "'Jesus answered and said to him, "'Simon, I have something to say to you.' "'So he said, Teacher, say it. "'He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors, "'one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. "'When they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both.' Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Don't you see this woman? Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her, the hair of her head. You gave me no water kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins are many. Her her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. He said to her, your sins are forgiven. Pastor, what does that have to do with this? When we have received Christ's forgiveness, His forgiveness to our life, when He has saved us and changed us, then we freely are able to forgive others. Whatever it is that they have offended us with, whatever it is that they have done to us, and I don't mean that's going to be an easy decision, by the way. Don't, don't think I'm belittling your pain or what you've walked through. That, that may be the most difficult thing you've ever done outside of coming to Christ is setting them free and releasing them and forgiving them. But. But the, the principle of life says, you know what, whatever has us bound, let's, let's give it to the Lord and let's be released from, from our pain because the, the devil wants us to park right there. He wants us to park right there and be fined over and over and over again in our offense. And, but it, when we let it go and we say, Lord, I'm releasing this to you, we've forgiven much. Those that have been forgiven much love much. you We could line us up this morning and we could tell stories of how we've been set free from drugs, alcohol, pain, abuse, our past, religion, all these things that the Lord has saved us from and and changed you from. You could say those things, and I guarantee you when someone offends you, you can release them, you can forgive them. Why? Because you have been forgiven much. See, when we realize our lostness, we realize man's lostness and we can forgive much. And we can say, you know, no, that, that hate, that anger, that's not getting on me. That's not staying here. Nothing's going to disturb my spirit any longer because he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And I am free indeed in the Holy Spirit to forgive others because he has forgiven me so much for my sins. <laughs> Hallelujah.